Welcome back to Cottonmouth Manchester, the city centre podcast for Manchester and Salford, brought to you by Cityco, the city centre management company. I'm Vaughan Allen from Cityco, and today we're going to be talking about history. 2018 is a huge year for anniversaries, and 2019 won't be much different. We celebrate 100 years of nearly universal suffrage. Uh, in fact, the anniversary of the Act was about a week before this recording. We commemorate 100 years since the end of the First World War, and we warm up to 2019 and the 200th anniversary of the Peterloo Massacre. I'm joined by Karen Shannon, Chief Exec of the Manchester Histories Festival, that will cover all of this and much more. Karen was previously a nurse and then pivoted, as we now say, into founding and running Let's Go Global, a broadcast project aiming to support and inspire communities across the globe. The biennial festival has been running for a decade now, growing larger with each pass passing event, and it takes place this year in June. To start at the beginning, Karen, um, what's the history of the Histories Festival? Why was it started? How's it evolved? Well, I think it originally started um, uh, as part of from the University of Manchester with um, Professor John Pixford, who wanted really to um, celebrate Manchester's rich and diverse histories and maybe some histories that you wouldn't think of, hidden histories and kind of revealing um, particular histories of people and places and spaces, rather the kind of the histories that we kind of know and love um, about Manchester, the Industrial Revolution, Radical Manchester. So there was a kind of need, I think, for um, people to celebrate um, the history of people and hidden hidden stories and, and interesting, quirky stories about our fantastic city uh, of Manchester and of Greater Manchester as well, I must say. And how has it evolved over the years? Is that still at the core of what it, what it aims I to do? The core of it is that it's a very um, open source um, sort of festival where we invite anyone to take part. And I think that's been an essence of, of the festival. And yes, through that kind of process, it has actually grown over the last sort of 10 years, really, um, from being a one-day event to being a 10-day event. Um, although this year we're only doing a long weekender, and I'll explain a little bit later why that is. But yeah, I think over over history, excuse the pun, um, it, has, it has evolved into a much larger um, festival. It has a, a big celebration day, which is normally happens at the town hall this year. It won't. It'll be in the library. But yeah, I think it, it is around trying to involve everyone in celebrating um, Greater Manchester's histories and heritage. I remember talking to John, I think, bef just before the first one when I was at Urbis. And um, I think the results from the first one, it, it turned up all sorts of community groups that nobody was really aware of. And um, I remember, you know... The, though people knew about the Italian communities, obviously in Ancoats and so on, but actually realising that there was an organised group around that that were researching their local history and, and groups all over the city. Are we, are we still discovering new groups and new bits of history to, to, to plug into it? I think new groups pop up all the time, really, um, commemorating or remembering um, aspects of Manchester that we probably have never heard of. And I think that is a part of the festival as well, is about kind of uncovering those small groups or individuals who might have um, particular memories or memorabilia of, of a history of the past. But also, you know, um, there's always younger people coming up and they're remembering different aspects of the city, particularly, say, around music or um, performance-based activities, arts and cultural-based activity. So I think there's always a, a kind of growing and it's kind of organic 
aspect to histories and you know who who pops up at the fest- festival as well which i think is really interesting is the intention always to keep this sort of that bias of I mean, you talked about the open source thing which mm. i think is a really powerful idea mm. as, as opposed to the sort of a see, seeking a, an official narrative a top-down narrative and i guess we're all aware of um the majority of the narrative the industrial revolution as you say in the shock city and then actually music we always talk about hacienda and, and so on but actually uh, i think it's noticeable and we're talking to him in, in a month or so you know dave haslam's first book manchester england which talked about the history of musicals and the history of um the meeting place which is where we we're recording between salford and, and and manchester and 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 how the communities would meet on on a friday saturday night to, to go into the pubs and make their own music at that time um so do you think that will always be core to 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 what you want to do to that digging up new stories and, and, and working through people's own narratives? Yes, most definitely. Um, it is about, you know, taking those narratives or voices that may not be heard. And I suppose Manchester Histories gives a platform for those peoples and those diverse voices to, you know, to, to, to be listened to, um, to be able to express their feelings and thoughts about things that interest them really and um, this year we're particularly having a focus talking about music again around um, young people and and working class um, music of Manchester which often doesn't get a platform so it's kind of like some young people have approached us and said oh we we want to do a mini conference on you know what's happening in our city now we're from 20 to 20 to sort of 30 year olds and our history is very different from the hacienda or those days and we want to celebrate our own histories now and a lot of it is around things like you know bedroom producers and you know i think that's really interesting again giving them a voice giving people the opportunity to come together to connect with um they're, they're kind of peers but also to tell others about what they're doing and how the city is changing and how we might not see that because some of it's kind of underground and you know it's how do you bring that underground to the light and I think young people are wanting to talk about their own histories and I think that's that's brilliant for for Manchester histories um, to enable people again to have that platform. I think it's an interesting challenge in how you then present that, isn't it? So that um, other people actually have access to that feeling of being a young person in their bedroom using GarageBand to create whatever it is that, that again goes on SoundCloud. I, again, I, going back to Urbis days, I think well, our last exhibition and one of the best exhibitions we did was on hip-hop culture. And, and part of that was um, this idea of uh, how does it feel to be a fan and how does it feel to be involved and using, I mean, we, uh, we've just, we just had a podcast out um, now uh, from, with the People's History Museum and there's that, there's that similar thing of how do you collect ephemera and how do you use badges and flyers and, and all of that, that stuff to, mm-hmm. to give some impression of what it means to be a fan and involved in a very um, a continually moving, continually evolving movement, which is, which is really a challenge. And I guess, I guess oral histories and actually using the people who are constantly involved is the best way to do that, people's own stories, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the narrative or people's stories are sometimes, um, I suppose they are going back to this kind of hidden histories aspect of us, you know, of what happens in the city. And we might, through social media or mainstream media here, the kind of rhetoric of kind of stories that we might expect, but where are the stories that are are, are, are unexpected or unexpected? And I think it is about 
again, uh, you know, revealing those stories and however they're told, whether that's just through conversations of people being in the same room because they've come to a talk about something around histories or heritage that they're interested in, to, you know, picking stuff on up on social media and connecting that way with people. So I think... The, the, again, the essence of what we're trying to do is connect people together to tell their stories and to use those stories as a kind of a way of um, telling the histories of today and also how shaping kind of the future as well. Um, what else is on the agenda for 2018? Well, um, it's an interesting um, time. Um, we've we're going to do a long weekender this this year instead of the ten days that norm that we normally do, and the reason for that is like next year we are um, commemorating Peterloo 2019, and for this year we have um, it's more of a theme festival and the festivals around protest, democracy and freedom of speech, and we've done that this year really to kind of um, again start those conversations about. What are people thinking and feeling about democracy? What is democracy today to people? And there's so much happening within society, you know, Brexit and loads of things happening. And it, it's people are feeling, are, are needing those conversations about how they fit into the political aspects of life. What does their vote mean anymore? What does, what does democracy mean for young people? What does democracy mean for us now? You know, we look back, say, at Peterloo 200 years ago. What's changed? Has anything changed? And I think people are wanting those conversations to be able to make sense of today and also think about how they might um, use democracy or protests in the future to change society for themselves, to make it better for themselves or for other people. So I feel like at the moment there is an opportunity there for people to start to have really interesting conversations. And we wanted to start them now this year. So when we get to 2019 next year, there's a kind of foundation and there's a kind of a buzz um, around talking about these issues. Um, and, and I know that from, just from conversations that I've been having with people in pubs or bars or clubs, that people start, are starting wanting to, to speak about, you know, um, democracy. So we shouldn't think of uh, the Histories Festival really as just being that long weekend then. It's going to be an ongoing process, effectively running through to 2019. It is indeed. And so... Um, the commemorations of Peterloo next year will start again with the Histories Festival in June and run for three-month period. So, yeah, we're starting now, building, 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 building. So when we get to 2019, it's going to... It will be... It will just, you know, we'll go out there with a, with a big bang and make more people aware of Peterloo and, you know, gather people as we kind of go through the year, really... To, to start to have, as I said, those conversations about protest, democracy, democracy and freedom of speech. And one of the things we're doing this year is we've got Soapbox, um, where we're taking over All Saints Park on Oxford Road. It's a partnership with MMU um, and their creative writing school and the School of Art and Design. So we'll be working with some students. We're going to set up a Soapbox um, in All Saints Park and we're inviting people to, again, to come and have their say through poetry, dance, music, whatever whatever they really want to do to express themselves. So um, 
that's quite exciting. And if it works, um, we'll be... See, that could be potentially quite a challenge well, as well. Well, we're thinking that. It's that. like managing all that and programming all that. And But, but I think it's... You have to take a risk. You have to You have to do... You have to take a challenge. Otherwise, things just remain the same. So I'm very much about, let, let's take a risk with this. Let's see what happens. And um, ask me again this time next year. <laughs> to see whether it works or not. But no, it, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it may, may just be the way that some of these podcasts have fallen, but uh, obviously having conversations with... Uh, People's History Museum, but also uh, with Ruth Ibeg Buna of, of the Reclaim Project, who, who work with working class young people. Um, that conversa conversation about how particularly young people, um, but more, more widely how people feel excluded from political process with a small p as well as with a, with a big p, um, increasingly come to the fore. I mean, it's a debate that we have every day with Brexit and the imp potential impact of Brexit, I guess. I, I'm, I'm really interested in this, no this notion that, um, you know, it's called a history's festival, but it is very much, as history should be, about how that plays through in current lives and then goes into the future and how that process works. Um, has, has it been a sort of challenge to sell that to funders as an idea who might potentially just see it as a, well, it should be a festival about things that happened 150 years ago? I think it's a difficult one, really. And I also think, you know, history is a personal thing as well. Everyone has a history. And some people can say, well, my history was just yesterday or, you know... It doesn't necessarily have to be a hundred years. So I feel, yes, we are um, a histories festival and we do look at things that happened 200, 150 years ago. But we also, you know, we also look at how that has shaped our society of today. And as you said, about going forward as well, you know, if we don't look back, um, how can we look forward? So I think there's a kind of I think for, I think funders they they do understand that you know it's not just about the histories of you know as I say a hundred years ago it is about what's happening now as well and yeah again shaping the future. Does that answer that question? It does. Um, I mean, how are you funded actually? Where, where does the funding well, come from? Um, we are funded from two universities, University of Manchester and MMU and we're also funded um, through Manchester City Council and their cultural partnership agreement so there are core funders I would say and then um, we do a lot of project work so Heritage Lottery Fund, Arts Council, we have a small amount of sponsorship, um, Historic England, um, um, they they um, um, fund us as well so it's a kind of like a bit most like most cultural organizations a kind of you patchwork, know patchwork dolly mixture as I call it sweet shop or whatever you want to call it um sort of thing of funding really so a lot of my role is to try and you know go out and get more money for the organization so that we can work because we don't just do the festival, we do a year-long programme now of um, working with different communities across Greater Manchester to, again, work with um, groups that may not normally have an opportunity to connect with their own histories and heritage, which I think is really an important part of our work as well, and showcasing that work um, at the festival, say, for example, um, to give them a platform about you know showcasing what they've been doing over over the year yeah that's really interesting isn't it i suppose some communities still don't feel that their history and their records are particularly valued or possibly don't even value them themselves um so and that takes a, 
a lot of work and a lot of resource to to pull out some of those stories and um it's it's a lot more than just going and reading a couple of books absolutely um one of the things since i've been um at manchester histories which has only just been over a year really i uh, come from a more kind of arts culture digital background and not had that much experience with sort of history and heritage and one of the things that's been quite amazing is around working with archivists and archives and taking those archives um whether it's an archive of your organization say for example like a group we've been working with recently called um, manchester people first which are a learning disabled um organization that advocate um for rights for disabled people or people with learning disabilities and they were 20 years old 25 years old i think and looking at their histories and looking at how they've um discovered looking back from their archives their own sort of stories taking those stories and then recreating them to um to today and having them in Manchester Central Library in archives plus in the community section there and it talks about you know all the stuff that they've done for the last 25 years now that that probably would never have happened um they would never have got their story in a permanent exhibition at somewhere central where people could go and look at their history if it hadn't been through our hidden histories hidden historian historians project so you know it's about finding those gems of stories and giving people again a platform to tell them really so i think for for me that's really interesting and delving into people's archives whether it's a personal one or or not i think um and working with archivists who are my new best friends <laughs> um i probably should have given you advance warning in this question but um have there been any um really fun or i mean uh, some some stories or histories that um really surprised you uh that that, that have been dug up during the process um, I'm trying to think now. I think it was interesting. We were working with um, some young people from the Oldham Youth Council and they were telling some of their stories and there was one particular story about um, a family who had migrated over from Syria and just that the, the kind of lengths that they'd travelled to you know to to escape to escape war but also that the amazing stories of just survival and keeping their family together and you know and also being able to eat and drink and and the struggles that they went through um for their to keep to keep them to keep their families together and keep their families you know moving forward and that was a that was an amazing story for me um to kind of listen to to other people's um struggles as well as as the kind of and, and now they celebrate that that now that they're here and they've you know they've managed to to survive get jobs become part of this society and really en- enjoy their um 
their time now together as a family, which I think has been really... I mean, that's been a, a most fascinating story, or one of them, that I've heard since I've been as part of Manchester Histories. I guess uh, Manchester being being like London, but I think actually we've possibly slightly more languages have spoken in Manchester than, than in London. But Over 200, apparently. But, yeah, yeah amazing. Being an immigrant city and continuing to be an immigrant and a port city um, for many years, it's... Um, there are so many stories from those so many different communities that go back. I think I think one of the fascinating things about Manchester, and I can't remember who we were talking to on the podcast a few weeks back about it, is sort of every rumour of a story, which elsewhere you'd think, oh, that doesn't sound very likely. You find out it's true. A Rasta friend of mine, I remember telling me telling me about six months ago, I said, why, how do you keep being a Rasta in, in, in Manchester? And he said, well, you do know Harley Selassie lived here. And it was, that, that was absolutely news to us. I thought, that can't be true. And then when I went back and said, actually, it's quite well known that Haile Selassie lived mm. here and, and those sort of connections because of the global city that Manchester has been and still is um, lead out to so many different communities and almost everybody has some sort of connection here at some point. Yeah. I think that that's the you know the beauty of Manchester in terms of yeah all of those all, all of those different languages all of those different cultures uh, and and I think that's what makes the city it's always been a welcoming city um that's you know partly to do with um as you said before the, the kind of this kind of global notion around the industrial revolution but also you know through um sulfur docks and the connections to other countries i think we've always been a welcoming city here and i think that's come through a lot of the kind of personal stories that people are incredibly proud of their journeys to manchester and also um, you know how how Manchester has been an easy place to make your home. I'm not saying that's for everyone, but for a majority of people that I've spoken to, you know, it is, as I say, a welcoming city. And how those cultures then mix and develop and yeah. mix with a particular Mancunian style as well yeah. is, is always fascinating, isn't it? Absolutely. No, nothing is ever sort of in aspic. It's constantly changing and constantly, yeah. constantly evolving. Um, so you're talking about those sort of those. Um, for want of a better term, sort of, sort of smaller level stories or, or the, the pe people's oral histories and, and their stories. How does all that tie into the really big events that were going on? You talked a bit about the process through through to Peterloo, but um, are you are you involved with uh, all of the material around the suffragettes and the First World War and those sort of things as well? We are. Um, we're doing a really interesting project at the moment called Manchester Hill, which is a First World War project. Um, it's a collaboration between Manchester Histories, Brighter Sound and Manchester City Council. Man Man Manchester Hill is um, in France and it was about the last spring offensive and a battalion of Manchester men went out there and mainly, I think, maybe 400 went and only a very small amount returned home. Um, but the most amazing thing at that time was they had a commemoration uh, at Manchester Cathedral, which was unheard of at the time, but because I think a lot of the men didn't come back, it was um, they decided to do um, you know, this commemoration there and invited the people that were left and their families. So um, Manchester City Council has decided to have that as their main civic event for this year. And we've been commissioned to do the kind of cultural part of that. So we're working with um, a number of musicians, both well-known and also emerging, um, to create a piece um, in the cathedral. Um, we'll also be working with some artists around 
using kind of digital mapping um, to tell the story through um, archive material, working with archives, that kind of stuff. We're working with some archivists as well. So yeah, we're doing. We're really looking forward to that project. And it, again, we're going to be working with some community groups, working with cadets, working with Manchester People First again, and we're working with um, some volunteers who were involved in the Battle of the Somme. And so they're coming back again this year to help us to create this kind of real. I suppose poignant piece of of work that commemorates those men that were lost. Have you got descendants involved in that as well? Uh, we've put a call out, or Manchester City Council are going to be putting a call out for descendants or yeah relatives of the men that were there. So we're just waiting to see what comes back from that. And then the community groups that we're working with will work with the artist again to kind of contribute to that story. It's also, you know, again, looking at um, today in Manchester, what, what does it mean today around kind of war and um, Manchester bomb, unfortunately, that happened last year. Uh, it, again, it's, it's trying to kind of look at the past, but also bring it up to kind of contemporary um, history as well. So, um, yeah, so it's, on the, it's coming up in April, that performance on the... Friday the 13th, actually. It's coming very shortly. Very, Good very, date. Very short. <laughs> this will be, I think this will go out. You yeah, know, this will be well out before then. But, uh, that yeah, be, so, so that's, that's at the cathedral. It is at the cathedral on a Friday evening. Um, we're hopefully expecting an audience of about 800 people. And, um, yeah. And um, we're, we're, we're in the in the midst now of putting it all together. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. Um, in, in 2016, I guess, uh, there was there was huge interest initially in the anniversary of the Somme um, but actually uh, the the parade that then came in into the city was sort of downgraded and downgraded because actually there was there turned out to be less interest and I think one of the cha one of the things that happened there was there hadn't been enough work out with people who were the descendants of people who who had fought there and and you know we all know the process of seeing going to a visiting a town seeing a war memorial and you always look for your name first uh, the number of times I've, I've told the story of the gate to hell walking through Victoria to, to people, um, which makes, you know, that it's, it's been beautifully redone by Network Rail. I think they've done an amazing job for something that looks so dreadful for, for, for such a long time and, and was really very disrespectful. Um, but actually, to think what that probably means to the great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren that are now now seeing those names, and probably only a tiny fraction of them realise that. It, it is those connections that actually make these things work, isn't it? It's not saying, this was a great battle, you know, 100 years mm. ago or whatever, and has no connection to you. It does have a, an astonishing connection to, to every day. So you need that involvement. I think so, and, you know... It is a it is about yeah it is about connecting what happened in the past with today as well and, and yeah through those descendants I guess is, is is a great way of doing it so that's something that we're kind of looking at as a part of the project but also connecting people to um, the First World War and a story um, of you know some very brave Manchester men who went out there and never came back and you know it's about commemorating their story as well again I think Manchester Hill is a hidden story not many people are aware of it and I think it's part of our role and our job if you like to make more people aware of it and saying this is what happened to you know all of these young men um 
from Manchester. We are working with the regiment as well and some of the regiment bands. Um, again, that's a connection, I think, is really important that they're represented in the work as well and um, that they, they, they can express... Um, they'll, they'll be doing some new pieces of music, so they'll be working with um, some composers to create some new work as well. And I think that's incredibly important um, for those sort of regiment bands to be involved. So there's a, there's a kind of... Um, it's quite a complex project, really. Um, but, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of involvement from lots of different people. And I think that's... The, and the cadets as well of today will be involved, again, again looking back at history to... I guess it's one of the challenges of being in a in, in a big city and a city that has always been a big city is you know the, the Dales villages where um, I live and grew up. When you look on the war memorials, well, actually those names and I can list them off in my head. Many of those names, their families are still there, so you have that very intimate connection. They really do know that was great grandfather or whoever it would be. But when you're in a in a city this size, I guess it's only through the sort of work that you do when you're going out and talking into the communities. Um, that you actually can make those connections. Otherwise, it's somewhat more anonymous, and, and particularly when you're looking at something like the Gate to Hell, where everybody in the North went through that gate to get onto a train, to go to Hull, to go over to the Western Front. Um, it, it, it's such a huge thing. You can't, it's, it's quite mind-boggling, isn't it? It's those personal stories that really link you into it. I think so, yeah. And I think we, we may uncover some new stories that we don't know about, which I think, again, is, is really interesting. And, uh, again, is around, you know... Those, that you know that narrative you know where are the stories where you know how do we get them into a place where others can hear about them so um yeah if there is anybody out there who you know who who knew their family member was involved uh, at the battle of manchester hill in in france then please do get in contact because it would be great to hear from people excellent um and then moving on from that over the next few years how would you like to see the festival evolve um what new new stories i mean we move from 1819 i suppose um we we well, sorry 2019 uh, once we're past peterloo we've got any huge anniversaries coming up after that so um try, i'm, I'm trying now trying radically to think what the next big anniversary i'm, I'm trying be. to think myself um, actually because i've only you know like i've only got peterloo 2019 i kind of live and breathe it at the yeah. moment so it's all kind of focused on that and so i haven't really thought beyond that much other than we will probably have a year off because there's always um uh every two years that the festival exists and then i guess kind of like look back and do some reflections and looking what what has worked what hasn't worked um but and then looking again for um where will we be then 20 2021 Blimey, that sounds <laughs> miles away, doesn't it? it? Does. Years, well, it is years away. Um, so I think I think it would. We need to take stock, and I wouldn't like to say, but I, I think we're exploring with um, festivals that have a theme as well, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this year um, around the themes that we're working to, and then. Yeah, we'll, 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 um, there will be some, some anniversaries, I am sure, that we will be celebrating or commemorating um, within that year, but I don't know what they are at the moment, I'm afraid. There are always anniversaries. There's always, there's always something, <laughs> 10 years, even if it's 10 years of this or whatever. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do some reflecting, I think. And 
it would be quite nice to again to you know ask questions to our audiences to people that have been to the festival you know what would you like to see what is it that interests you so it's not just us making all the decisions it's actually asking those questions again we go back to the essence of the, the festival it is about open to be open and to listen to people to say hey what would you like to see happening as well so i think it'll be a little bit of a bit of us maybe having some ideas but again opening it up to the wonderful and great people of manchester and greater manchester excellent and where can people find out more well we have a website manchesterhistories.co.uk um, on there if you want to get involved in this year's festival there's a number of ways you can put on an event you can be part of the celebration day you can volunteer or you can get on your soapbox and come and express yourself in All Saints Park um, in in the lovely weather of June. It better be lovely weather. It better. Yes. With, with, it's a with, very grey day today. It is grey today, but we're, we're thinking June will be nice this year. I think last festival, it, it just tipped it down, so fingers crossed for good weather this June no absolutely uh, I guess you then see who who are the more hardcore people who if it's pouring down who actually yeah. are still wanting to get on the soapbox at that point I'm sure we, you'll always have people we have a we have a hardcore audience which I think which I love about Manchester histories it's got you know it's got a really good following following of really passionate people who really care about histories and heritage so I'm sure some of them, them that they will be there. If not, I'll have to get up and, and do a few, sure we can find few some pieces. There's, there's enough strong opinions in this. City, I'm, I'm, there must be. Yeah. So come on, get involved. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, people will get involved. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks to Karen and to our friends at Salford's Blueprint Studios, who will be editing the final track. Uh, we'll be talking more about all these areas in future casts. If you have any comments or ideas for things to cover in the future, you can talk to us on Twitter at CottonmouthMCR. We're available on all good podcast services and a few terrible ones as well. Give us a review if you have a moment. Five star, preferably. Till next time. Mm -hmm.